Omagyanatimirandasya Gyanandyanashalakaya Csaksurunlitam Gyedatasmai Sigurve Namaha Arjunolambato Burokanakabadato Sankitanaya Kapitoro Kamalaya Taksho Vishvamboro Dvijaboro Jugadharma Palo Bande Jagat Priyakaro Karunabotaro Vandesi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sodito Gurudai Pushpavanto Chitrosandotamonudo So, today is the appearance of commemoration of Bhaktivignavi Nasana, Narasimhadev. Bhaktivignana is a, a problem for us. We are all aspiring to be bhaktas and there are obstacles. And so, who is the destroyer of the obstacles? Bhaktivigna, Vinashana, is Narasimhadev. It doesn't mean that other forms of the Lord or Krishna himself can't remove obstacles. But in this particular Leela, the Lord removed so many obstacles for his Bhakta, Prahlad, that it's uh, such an extreme case. He's noted particularly for this. He appeared in some respects, many respects, for that purpose. So this way he's sometimes referred to, often referred to as Bhaktivignavinashana and then the Singhadev. Of course, we should footnote the idea of the Lord's removing obstacles from the path of Bhakti with the idea that the Vaishnav who is more powerful than the Lord, certainly has the power to remove all obstacles. I always remember Prabhupada saying once in a letter in those days, many years ago, when someone used to get a letter from Prabhupada, then it would be public domain. It would be opened and and read to all the devotees. And so Prabhupada had written something, someone was had written to him regarding obstacles that uh, he was troubled by. And Prabhupada said, uh, if you pray to me, then I can remove any obstacle. I can kick away any obstacle in, in your path. Nothing too um, too big, too difficult for, for me to remove. So the Vaishnav is, certainly has that power to remove obstacles, and in a sense more so than the Lord. And that is more the stress in our Sampradaya if, for that matter, there is a stress in removing obstacles at all. That doesn't mean that Lord Nishringa is not important in our Sampradaya. He is. But one time, to give you an example of what I'm speaking about, one of uh, my godbrothers asked Sripad Bhakti Raksaksidadev Gosami Maharaj if he could wear a kavacha with a mantra of uh, Narasimha for protection, maybe in general, maybe in relation to protecting him from obstacles and difficulties that would get in the way of his spiritual progress. At that particular time, Sridhar Maharaj replied that removing obstacles, rather our, our Sampradaya focuses on inviting obstacles. Tate nukampam susamikshamana bhujane vatmakritam vipakam vidvagvapube hridadam namaste jivetayo muktipare sadayabhak what does Kunti Devi say? 
she praised to Krishna that let the impediments, her life was full of so many impediments, let them come again and again. Because when we were, we mean she and the Pandavas experiencing those, we were forced to remember you. And remembering you, then that solves all problems. That solves the real problems, birth and death. And this Bhagavatam verse I cited, it was spoken by Lord Brahma to Lord Krishna. And there, Sridhar poetically described that verse in, in one line. He said, the environment is friendly. So to adjust yourself in such a way as to see that that uh, there are no real obstacles. If there's any obstacle, it's it's our angle of vision only. And to adjust that so that we can see the environment as friendly. Certainly we have some sown some seeds and there are some fruits that come to bear as a result of that in this life, some of which are, in some respects, make it difficult for us to uh, to carry on. But um, we are taught to think that, in the highest sense, that those obstacles are, again, the fruits of seeds that we've sown and bearing fruit as they are, they are retiring from our life. If we react to them and always try to solve them, and we tend to get implicated further. But if we can allow them to pass and uh, wish them no ill, learn to praise them, with the understanding that my material involvement is being retired. If I just let it be retired, if I let these things come and I don't try to resist, that, of course, again, this is the high vision and we have to start by tolerating them. And maybe before tolerating them, we have to start by tolerating some of them as much as we can so that we can carry on with our spiritual practice. But in the highest vision, which will come from uh, some tolerance, we'll come to see these things as friendly. That's why we can find devotees inviting, like Kunti Devi, like Mahabharata's Lila, Vasudev, uh, the leper, and others inviting difficulties, strong, standing firm in their position of devotion, seeking to retire once and for all their uh, material involvement. So, Bhakti Vigna Vinashana, still, we do pray to him to remove obstacles sometimes, and it, it is appropriate, and he's inclined to do so. It's Ganesh who is said to remove obstacles on the karma marg, and his power to do so comes from the fact that he is a devotee of Nansingadev. And so Nishingadev has the power to remove obstacles in the way of bhakti, and as I mentioned, Prahlad is a prominent example of that. Of course, Prahlad didn't really pray to have the obstacles removed, but the Lord came anyway. And such obstacles he had. And, of course, we cannot talk about Nishingadev without talking about 
Bhakti Prahlad. There's no meaning to the Lord without the Lord's devotees. As I've said many times, the Lord is non different than the heart of his devotees. So therefore we're taught to look there in the heart of great devotees for the Lord more than anywhere else, more than in the deity, more than in the book, there in the heart of the devotee. Because the Lord's appearance in his many forms is but his reciprocation to the hearts of his devotees. Krishna, our Devata, is that manifestation of the Lord that corresponds with the hearts of the Brajabhasis. Therefore we are taught to what? To follow the Brajabhasis. It's a rudimentary beginning teaching that we should follow Krishna. But if we look a little closer, the more advanced teaching, we should follow the devotee of Krishna. Such devotees, they bring to life the whole theory of bhakti by their example. They embody the ideal, which is not Krishna or any of his lilavatars or Narayan, but love of Krishna. Yasya prasadu, bhagavat prasadu, yasya prasadu nagati kutopi. Why? Our focus should be more on the devotee than on the Lord because the devotee embodies our ideal, love of Krishna, by which Krishna is purchased. So the heart of the devotee is what the Lord's appearance corresponds with. So we cannot talk about another single day without talking about Prahlad, and we cannot talk about really Nasringadev, Bhamana, Kurma, Narayan, Krishna, or any form of the Lord without first talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we should say something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in relation to Narsingajev. Why should we not say anything about anyone, any form of the Lord without first talking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Because, as Sridhar said poetically, first the giver, then the gift. Mahaprabhu is, of course, he's the gift and he's the giver combined. So, without Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what will we know about Krishna and what capacity will we have to understand his teaching or enter his personal family? So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and there are a number of uh, instances in which Narasimhadev appeared in Gorlila in one form or another. In our mo- more modern times, the extension, in a sense, of Gorlila in the life of Thakur Bhaktivinod. Bhaktivinod Thakur, as you may recall, he envisioned, after considerable research and prayer, meditation. This is an important point because sometimes we think that a devotee once criticized me. I heard about it secondhand. Someone said, oh, Maharaj gave such a nice lecture on one occasion. This is in Vrindavan. And then this other fellow said, well, you know, he reads a lot of books. So, of course, if he reads a lot of books, he collects a lot of information, then he can give a good talk. So I I laughed, uh, and uh, what it made me think of is that sometimes we have this idea that great devotees, that they don't do any research or there's nothing of that sort involved. They just sit and transport themselves to Goloka and whatever they say, 
they say, comes from there. That side is there, ob obviously, but our Goswamis, they did so much research. Nana Shastra Vicharanekanipanosa Dharma Samstapako Lokanam Hitakarno Tribhuvane Manusharanyakaro For all of us, they researched all the Shastras. For that, they had to study some Sanskrit. Goswami went to Banares to study logic and all the different systems of philosophy under the advice of Nityananda Prabhu on his way to Vrindavan. There he arrived at the feet of Rup and uh, Sanatan, his elders, and so much study they were involved in. Uh, it's not separate from the realm of devotion. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who's sometimes called the seventh Goswami, he researched very carefully ancient maps and books, and he talked with so many people and interviewed them, all in an effort to find the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He had a spiritual sense that it wasn't the place that was being called the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that pilgrims were going to, where pilgrims were giving their donations and so forth, and where someone, some group, had been making a living off of that place. So he had a sense, and he researched it as far as he could. He also had a mystic vision. So both sides, both things are there. And from his house in Godrum... Someday, you, you must, if you haven't, you must go there and stand on the rooftop in his house at Godrum from where he looked out with his young son at the time, Bhimal Prashad, with him also. And he saw that place, Yogopit of Mahaprabhu, the place of Mahaprabhu's appearance. Confirmed with his research, he went there, he talked to the local people. It was inhabited by Muslims at the time, and Tulsi was growing in, in abundance there like nowhere else in Navadweep. Anyway, he put all these things together and he concluded, this is the actual birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Mayapur, not on the other side of the Ganga in Navadweep as it had been thought and preached. And this was revolutionary and very uh, disturbing to the religious orthodoxy uh, at the time of Gaudiya Sampradaya. And... Um, Although he was convinced, he sought confirmation from a senior Vaishnava. So Jagannath Das Babaji was brought there. You, you know the story, I think, to some extent, most of you. And Jagannath Das Babaji was uh, invalid, and he was carried on a in a basket. I want to say palanquin, but it's not really <laughs> the idea. Palanquin gives the notion of enjoyment and and uh, worldliness, but no, in a, in a basket he was carried. And it's said that when he arrived at the place, he gave confirmation by dancing. And he couldn't, uh, he couldn't walk, that's why he was carried there in a basket. So, then an effort was made by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and he gave the charge of that effort at one point to his son and dear most disciple, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, to establish a temple at uh, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And the temple was in the process of being established, and uh, what Bhaktivinoda Thakur did, of course, first was he put a deity there, because in India, if you put a deity in a piece of property and you're worshipping it, then it's at least 50% yours. Or, if it's not yours, you own the rights to the service of the deity. And the deity can't be moved unless he wants to move. <laughs> so, this is Bhaktivinoda Thakur's uh, strategy. And so he established someone to worship the deity there. Of course, he had to supply ganja for that man who was a smoker. <laughs> so that he would keep up the worship, but sometimes you have to do what you have to do. 
and this was the practical uh, side of of devotion, an example of that. The theory is one thing, but the practical reality is always has to be altered. We should not be only theoreticians of, of bhakti. We should know the theory. We should live as much as we can in the proximity of a sadhu, where we can see that theory applied practically, which would shock us. So I didn't think that was in the book. Sometimes it is very... Uh, there, it looks very different in the practical reality, but then such sadhu will have an explanation and give us a new insight into what the book meaning is, how to apply it. So, to get things started, this is what he did. And it, after some time, from his house in Godrum, early in the morning during the Brahma Muhurta, he noticed on a regular basis a cloud of dust moving down the road and it seemed to end up at, at the Yogapit, birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he watched that for several days and thought about it and prayed about it, and then he got the realization that every morning, Narasimhadeva is going, making a cloud of dust to, to attend the Artik of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Mayapur. It is said that when Narasimhadeva uh, left the world on his way out, so to speak, after killing Hiranyakashipu, <coughs> that he stopped in Navadvip area, Nisringapole. So apparently he was coming, he has some representation there, and still today the devotees all go there on the Navadvip Dham Parikram. Some representation there, and from there he's coming every morning, invisible, except to the eyes of great uh, sadhus, great Param Vaishnavs like Thakur Bhakti Vinod. Even he couldn't quite see, he saw something, and then it was revealed to him. So, certainly we should attend Mangalartik <laughs> for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Make an arrangement to attend Mangalartik for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. God Himself, Nishinga Bhagavan, is coming to observe that. And why only morning, Mangalartik, evening also? Janabi Tattalani, Jagajana Manalubha. The whole world will become maddened by that sight of Mahaprabhu on the bank of the Ganga with his associates. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Yidnabhadweep, hearing Vishnu Sahasranam, heard the name Nasringha, and he became, manifested the bhav of Nasringha. He picked up a stick or something like that and raced out into the town to destroy everyone who, <laughs> at the time, Vaishnavism wasn't, uh, hadn't reached the pinnacle of popularity yet in Nabhadweep. Mahaprabhu himself had just become a Vaishnava just began to manifest himself as a Vaishnav to the joy of all the devotees. He hadn't begun his Nagarsan Kirtan and mass conversion and so forth. So anyway, he went out and like Advaita, Bhagavan, Vishnu, he became angry. People weren't practicing bhakti. And then uh, then that uh, he returned. Anyway, he, ca- he came to his, his, if he has any, external senses that he was Nimai Pandit, this external but most internal idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he returned to uh, Srivas Thakur's house and he, and he felt very bad. He said, oh, I've offended all the people. I went out there with a stick and I was chasing them. They all fl- ran in different directions and so forth. And Srivas Thakur said, you have manifested the bhav of, of Narasimha. You have given them a great blessing just by seeing you in this in, the, in that mood, 
You've not done anything wrong. You've not disturbed anyone. You've begun the, the, the end of all the disturbances by that. In one sense, we cannot get involved in bhakti without some fear in our motive. This is the lowest motive for serving God. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has given four motives. Fear. Out of fear we will serve God. Out of prospect that it may be good for me. What will be the result of that? What good things will come? Out of duty. Very high idea. Because it should be done. This is by Kunta. It doesn't matter. Mariada. Like Ramlila. The Dharma must be done. doesn't matter. Whoever disappoints to whatever extent. Out of duty. Because it's the right thing to do. And fourth. Out of love. That is Vrindavan. Raganuga Bhakti. Rag Bhakti. Means non-calculative love. Not that it should, because it should be done. Just it's being done. Has to be done. Can't stop doing. Serving God. This is Vrindavan. But we cannot arrive there immediately. And so for the most part, at least those who are beginning in Bhakti Marg in this life, some fear element will have to be a motivating factor in their participation. It sounds bad in one sense, and we the Christians are very uh, fond of uh, instilling fear in the hearts of the uh, their constituency and, and others that they will burn in hell if they don't take to Christianity. So we may not be uh, inspired by that, and we are inspired by by the ideal of love of Vrindavan Bhakti. But it's a very high ideal. So some some fear. What will happen to us if we don't? Is healthy. Without that, if we simply want to ignore that and dismiss that and talk of love, not much will go on in terms of practice. And without practice, no perfection. So we have to also consider this, uh, that we, somehow or other we have to get on, on board and vo- involved in bhakti in a serious and a conscientious way. If some fear is helpful, then there are so many scriptural statements to that effect. Prospect, what will be good for me? Duty, we have to cross through actually all these different uh, motivations. To be fully and solely, exclusively motivated by, by love. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, you have done a good thing. You can still fear in your heart, showing like this. So there's some, some place for that. Another time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also showed himself to be not a singha, non-different. He, he, he means he showed himself to be Swayam Bhagavan, in whom all the Lilabhutas of the Lord are present. He had one devotee, maybe his name was Pradyumna Brahmachari, and he became nicknamed Narasimha Brahmachari. Because his Ishtadevata, his deity was Narasimha. And he had a suspicion that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was not different than Narasimha Dev. So he did, uh, he did a puja in which he offered prasad to Jagannath to Narasimha and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He cooked something and then he went, did his uh, meditation and offered that. And in his meditation he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu get up and eat his own plate and the plate of Narasimha and of Jagannath. 
he was very happy to see that because it confirmed for him that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is non different than the Shinga. You can imagine his dilemma. His deity was Nanasinga Dev, who was not present, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was present, and he had such affection for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that it was almost competing for his love with Nanasinga, who was his deity. So he may be thinking, something wrong with me. <laughs> this is a problem. I cannot feel like this for anyone except Nanasinga Bhagavan. He must be Nanasinga Bhagavan, but how can it be? So Mahaprabhu revealed to him in this way. So he's very happy to see that, but he was also feeling a little sad. He thought, the Jagannath is eating 50, 60 times a day. No problem. If Chaitanya Mahaprabhu eats one of his meals. <laughs> but Nasinga I'm offering once and, uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is eating that. So I'm happy to see that Mahaprabhu is non-different, but still I'm feeling some sentiment for Nasinga Dev. He didn't get anything to eat. So Mahaprabhu also gave some external confirmation. It's all right. This way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has showed himself as Nasinghadev in his Leela on at least two occasions. Nasinghadev also appeared in Gaur Leela as when Mahaprabhu began his Sankirtan. You all know this famous Leela of Chan Kazi's uh, involvement in Sankirtan. Mahaprabhu kept his Sankirtan private. Private Sankirtan in the house of Shribas Thakur. No one could enter there. But many people gathered along the bank of the Ganges and they wanted to participate, but nonetheless felt themselves unqualified. This was very attractive to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, their sentiment. Some people tried to force their way in, they were rejected. But some people wanted to get in, but didn't feel themselves qualified. He was attracted to them, and on the, on the basis of their attraction, he came outside of house of Shivasa's house, where they were holding these very high kirtans, only for very high devotees, tasting rasa, you should know that this kirtan in Navadweep of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that is the end goal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, to enter that kirtan. Mahaprabhu began his kirtan there, and then he took it outside and went everywhere. And his whole leela, if you trace it, is meant to take us back to that place, so we can enter that kirtan. He came out to qualify people, to give the means for people to become qualified through Namsan kirtan, and Vipralamba Seva. As we become purified by Namsan Kirtan, then Bhajan life, inner life. And Bhajan means in mood of Vipralambas, separation, not some bhog, not union with Krishna or Radha Krishna, but serving in separation. That will bring real union. And that union is in the in, in Sri Basangam, house of Sri Bastaka, where Mahaprabhu is performing in Kirtan. That Kirtan is very, very special. Some glimpse of that is given in Puri. But in Puri, Mahaprabhu was also showing Aishwarya or Vairagya. And Aishwarya means the opulence of detachment. He's a sannyasi. So you cannot get that close. He's a sannyasi. It's Maharaj. Right down to the Maharaj now. We say like that. You cannot get that close. But in Navadvipa, you get so close to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He's just a friend. Nimai Pandit. We can chant and dance and kirtan with him without any restriction, any, any... He's not going to also show the kind of ecstasies he showed in Puri. Frightening. Teeth coming out and chattering and perspiring blood and so forth. It's all uh, Aishwarya. So passing through that, he's teaching. They enter the kirtan of Navadvi, which is synonymous with Vrindavan.
So when he first brought that kirtan out to give it to the people, there was a major obstacle. What was that obstacle? The political situation at the time was such that uh, the Muslims were ruling over Bengal, and Hinduism was tolerated, but it wasn't propagated. You could be a Hindu because you were born a Hindu, but there's no conversion going on. Certainly no conversion of the Muslim people. If there was any conversion, it would be converting Hindus to Islam by force. So-called, there is no conversion by force. We should know that, but conversion is a change of heart. But people think like this, that by force we can make some conversion. So they used to do like that. They would pour water on their head uh, from impure water or put some meat in their mouth and then they would lose their caste by social religious standards of Hinduism. They would become outcasts. People became Muslims by force in a sense and there are descendants like that of families like that. But of course, as I say, this is not real conversion. So Hindus were tolerated, but there was no propaganda, no conversion, no expansion of Hinduism. And suddenly here comes this new brand of Hinduism, as it appeared, taking Krishnanam to the streets and many, many people joining and converting Muslims, chanting Ram Krishna, Ram Krishna, even. Chandkazi was a kind of a magistrate under the Nawab Hussein Tsar's administration living in Nabadweep area. And so it came to his attention. He sent some people to stop it. He himself went, broke the drum, said this cannot be allowed any longer. I'm letting it go this time. We've never seen any propagation like this under our, our rule of Hinduism. It isn't allowed, you know that. We're allowing it to go on, but don't try to push this and spread this. If I see this again, I'll finish you. It means I'll convert you all to Muslims. He threatened in that way. And the devotees were a little intimidated. You can imagine. They were new bhaktas. <laughs> they just joined. As soon as they joined, they met some obstacle. But they didn't turn away. They went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and presented the situation. Mahaprabhu said, do not be afraid of him. Go and do Sankirtan. So they went, but they still were a little afraid. And they couldn't quite uh, get... Uh, the, the kirtan didn't reach spontaneity. They were a little worried. They were, again, new bhaktas. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said he would take care of everything, but where was he? So then Mahaprabhu said, okay, just, you gather together. So many men, I'll go with you. By torchlight they went, and they went to the house of the Chandkazi. And in Mahaprabhu's presence then, there was no, no fear whatsoever. In fact, they reached the grounds of the Chandkazi, and they began to trample the gardens, and they, they, they almost like started to shake the house. This is the government. You have to understand, this was the ruling power, and they were ruling by force, military might. They had conquered Bengal, and they were trying to conquer Orissa, but Raj Pratapruddha was strong, and they couldn't, they couldn't enter there. And these devotees, these were simple people of the village, simple devotees, simple people new to the devotional cult of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they had such confidence in Mahaprabhu's presence that they were ready to go and shake the house of the magistrate. 
one of the right-hand men of the, of the governor, Nawab Hussein, so the ruler. Mahaprabhu had to tell him, calm down. And meanwhile, Chand Kazi was hiding under the bed. Mahaprabhu called and called, calmed his men down to take it easy. It's all right. After all, he's like a relative of mine. He's an elder in the village. I see him as Kaka, uncle. So he came down finally. Mahaprabhu said, why are you afraid? He said, well, uh, your people are a little rough. <laughs> Mahaprabhu said, no, no, they're, they're all under my control. Don't be concerned. And then there was some discussion, of course. Philosophy, Mahaprabhu said, you, I want to know about your religion. Your religion is you're killing your mother because you're eating cows. What kind of religion is that? He said, oh, and in your Vedas, it's also allowed under certain circumstances. Mahaprabhu said, those circumstances are not uh, what we find today. In those circumstances, the cow's life was old, was old and was going to die, and she was put in a sacrifice and got a new life by the power of mantra. Nobody can do that today, and so forth. These things are uh, not allowed in Kali Yuga. And so there was some discussion ensued, and Chandakazi was convinced by Mahaprabhu. And then the Chandakazi said, I want to speak to you in private. Something else that has caused me to be afraid. Mahaprabhu, what did he say? He said, this is private, all these people. You want to talk to me? These are all my devotees. We have nothing to hide. This is bhakti. This is bhakti's uh, devotional sangha. Nothing to hide. Sadhu sangha means we come together, we put our heart on the table. No secret life, nothing in the closet, whatever it is, bring it out. No embarrassment for that, but for the sake of retiring that once and for all. We sit every night together and bring up all every way in which I deviated today from Krishna consciousness. Soon you, you will not deviate any, anymore. That and hearing Harikata. This kind of attitude with which to hear Harikata. This will call our progress. The Mahaprabhu said like that. He said, all, we are all one here. Talk of the Shingalila. Where does it begin? It began in Vaikuntha. What happened in Vaikuntha? Chatushan Kumars, they came to the gates of Vaikuntha. And Jai Jai, the gatekeepers, did not let them in. And so they showed some anger. And they cursed the gatekeepers. Meanwhile, news was relayed to Narayana, who was with Lakshmi. And so he immediately came out. He paid his obeisances to the Kumaras. He said, what have I done? What have I done? Hearing this, Kumaras were very, very intelligent. They understood something that they had not understood. They were jnanis, and now they were becoming bhaktas. They had come to Baikuntha and they thought, we can go anywhere. We're not restricted from going anywhere. And wherever someone would try to restrict us, that's an example of a bias, a prejudice. That's material. When we have a prejudice, oh, she's my wife, my son, and by that identification, more important than another lady or an, uh, another son or someone else's daughter. It's natural we have that, but spiritual life, because it has a foundation of detachment, it causes us to rise above that love everybody, to feel dear to everyone. So, 
They were thinking this by Kunta. It's mundane, it's material, there's bias, partisan here. When Narayan came and said, what have I done? You understand the point? What have I done? They understood something. They understood that all these people in Vaikuntha, these Jai Jai, the Lord is saying, if they've done something, I did it. These people are as good as me. I see them as non-different from myself. They're my devotees. The Kumars could understand. They were very smart. They could, just from that, they could understand. Oh, we've made a great mistake here. We've cursed these people. And by doing that, we've offended the Lord, Narayan. Of course, Narayan, he didn't retract the, the, the cursing. Uh, what did he give, a choice or something that they could take birth three times as demons or seven times as devotees? And Jabi Jabi, three times, get it over with. sooner we can get back here, the better. So this Leela has its beginning there in Vaikuntha. So, Chandkazi. So Mahaprabhu had said, all these people, they're my people. All these devotees, you speak in their company, you speak to me. We're one. So Chandakazi entered the Sangha of the devotees. He said, okay, last night I had a dream after I had broken the Murdanga. And in the dream, a creature appeared half man and half lion. And he jumped on top of my chest. He tore apart my garment. He scratched my chest right over my heart. And he said, that drum, that murdanga, that coal, the clay drum of Chaitanya, that's my favorite instrument. <laughs> the flute of Krishna in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. That's my favorite instrument. Don't you ever do that again. <laughs> Don't you ever break that drum again. He said, I could kill you right now. <laughs> but I'm going to let you go. But Don't you ever do that again. And then he said, and look, Chandakazi said, he opened his garment and there were this claw marks, scratch marks of the shringa on his chest. And all the devotees looked in amazement. How special was Chandakazi? Then the Shingadev would pay such attention to him. John Kazi converted. He became a devotee of Mahaprabhu. And every generation from thereafter in the family of John Kazi to this day, they're all devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu's conversion, the Sankirtan, was started with the assistance of Bhagwan Narasimha. So Narasimhadev has his uh, representation in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. In modern days, when we began in uh, Prabhupada's mission, Sankirtan in New York and other major cities, sometimes there was some uh, harassment from people. So Prabhupada gave us the Nisringa Stotram. Mahaprabhu himself chanted this, Namaste Narasimhaya in Puri, where there's also a deity, in the Jagannath Puri temple, there's also a deity of Narasimha Dev. So he taught us this, we chant that, for protecting... Not ourselves, but for protecting the Sankirtan. The Sankirtan may go on nicely. And, of course, Prabhupada instituted that, that chanting uh, regularly in ISKCON. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur also gave some of his disciples Nisringha Mantra. I think he gave it to Puri Goswami Maharaj 
Nisringa Mantra, and he used to give that to some of his disciples also. He had a, a beautiful deity of Nisringa Dev in his temple. So he has a place, and, and Vaidhibhakti, who Nisringa Dev is one of the deities that presides over Vaidhibhakti, as a place for us, even though we are basically uh, treading the Rag Marg by aspiring to enter into Braj Bhakti. So there's a place for that. And that place for that Vaidhi Bhakti is to the extent that, uh, that we need fear to keep us involved. We need a sense of prospect to keep us involved. We need that even the high ideal of duty keeps us involved. We don't have love yet. So that has its place. We call that, uh, it may be called by different names. Jiva Goswami called uh, Ajaturuchi Raganuga Bhakti. Sometimes Bhakti Vinodhaka called it Vaidhi Bhakti. Why Vaidhi Bhakti? Because if your aspiration is for Golok Vrindavan and Brajalila in particular, uh, there are different departments in Golok. If Brajalila, then how can it be uh, called Vaidhi Bhakti? Because, why? Because Vaidhi Bhakti is motivated by scriptural injunctions, do's and don'ts, what will happen to you, the prospect, and, and, and what will happen to you if you don't do it, fear. As much as one's bhakti is required for this, much as those scriptural injunctions and reasoning is required to motivate you to practice, even if it's the injunctions regarding Raghunuga Bhakti, and how it should be practiced, and why it should be practiced, why it's the best, and so forth. If you need that kind of reasoning to tread it, then it is a means element of Vaidhi Bhakti. Because Rag means love. That's why Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur would largely dismiss the whole idea of Ajata Ruchi Raganuga Bhakti and call it Vaidhi Bhakti. Bhakti Vinod Thakur used also similar language and identified more Rag Bhakti with Bhav than with Sadhana. There's also a sadhana in bhava, but that is a very, that means to cultivate that bhava. So, there's a big, much scope for Bhagavan Narasimha in our lives, in our, our practice. We should understand it properly. Jiva Goswami had a, a beautiful deity of Narasimha there. If you can see that deity in Jaipur, the temple of uh, the original uh, Radha Damodar. I think Radha Damodar. Nisingadeva is also the, the deity of Devata of the famous Bhagavatam commentator, Sridhar Swami, whom Mahaprabhu so revered and respected. In fact, his commentary was manifested in Banaras, Kashi, capital of Mayavad and Shunyavad. His commentary was a devotional commentary in many respects, and so it was questioned how it could be a uh, authentic uh, and spiritual commentary. So the book was taken and placed before the deity of Lord Shiva, Kashi, and somehow this verse manifested. This verse appears in Chaitanya Charitamrita a little differently, but basically the same verse. It says that uh, Shiva says, I know the conclusion of Bhagavatam. As I said, it's mentioned in two different ways, but relative to uh, Sridhar Swami, the verse says, the verse that manifested there, 
a little different, as I said, as it's represented in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But the verse there says, uh, I know, Lord Shiva speaking, Ahamvedmi, Sukhoveti, Sukadev knows, said also Vyas knows, Prikshit may know, he may not know, but Sridhaswami knows, by the grace of Nishingadev. And the commentary then became a celebrated commentary, so much so that Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embraced the commentary uh, in many respects. Showed great regard for Sridhar Swami. When I went to Radhadamra Temple in uh, Jaipur, I met, placed my head at the feet of the Srimad Bhagavan. I said, Pray, do you please manifest the truth of Srimad Bhagavatam in my heart? Who is Jiva Goswami in Srimad Bhagavatam? Who is Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, my Gurudev, my Param Gurudev in Srimad Bhagavatam? They all have a place there. Vyasa may have wrote it, but they're living in it. Please manifest that in, in my heart. So we have find a way to properly understand and approach and pray to Nasingadev in the context of our Sampradaya. He's Bhakti Vignominashana, as I said. He destroys obstacles. But we find a lot of times some devotees identify with Nasingadev because they want to destroy obstacles. <laughs> they want to kill demons or something like that. And they get all enthusiastic about Nasingadev. He's so terrible and fierce. <laughs> And they think themselves to be fierce also like this. And this is why they identify with him. This is a complete uh, misconception. If you want to be devotee of Nasingadev, is a five-year-old child has set the example, Talad. Under such opposition, he, he met with such opposition from his own father, which makes the opposition so much worse. If somebody tortures a child, it's one thing, but if it's his father... What kind of uh, psychological problems will will he have <laughs> for the rest of his life? So, so the theories go these days. And there's a lot of truth to that. Nowadays, they, such a thing was found out when he was a child. He was tortured by his father. They bring a lawsuit against him. Father's also the guru. Like now you have the Catholic priests committing these atrocities to the, to the children or they did in the past. And so people are suing them. Prahlad underwent this, but he had he held no uh, he didn't want to sue his father, take him <laughs> to court. He had nothing to gain. He had love of Krishna. In fact, he he only prayed for his father. Prahlad is such an extraordinary uh, devotee. Sanatana Goswami Prabhu has said, Prahlad is the greatest of all devotees, and that this is brought out in the Narasimha Lila. Greater than Lakshmi greater than Garuda, who were also present when he appeared. They couldn't pacify him. Certainly Brahma couldn't pacify him. Shiva, Indra, the Gandharvas, the Charnas, the Siddhas, all representing some one foot at least in the material world, which means the material desire, some dirt in the heart, they couldn't satisfy Nishinga. Shiva, of course, he's beyond the world, but He's liberated, but he doesn't represent the positive side of bhakti. But certainly Lakshmi does. Certainly she does. Garuda does. But they couldn't. They couldn't speak up. They'd never seen Narayana in such a mood and a corresponding form. They'd never seen such a thing. And they're from Bhagunta, so they're acquainted with all the different Lila avatars. 
Never seen such a thing before. They didn't know what to do. Only Prahlad could come forward and pacified Narasimhadeva. What Prahlad, being the greatest devotee, means to us is, why is he greater than Lakshmi? How can it even be? Greater than Garuda. Greater, that means, than the inhabitants of Vaikuntha. The inhabitants of Vaikuntha are all Parshadas of the Lord, Nityasiddhas, manifestations of his Swarup Shakti, never prone to the conditions that we find ourselves in, never any, ever, ever, a trace of any enmity towards the Lord in them, ever, never will be. Prahlad is the greatest devotee to us, Sanatana Goswami is speaking, because he comes from our side. He comes from our quarters. He comes from our quarters because it means he was not a Nityasiddha. Not only was he not a he was a Buddha Jeev. Means he comes from the conditioned side through sadhana and kripa of the Lord, kripa of Narada, his guru, to attain that position. And Sanatana Goswami Prabhu said, why is he greater then? Greater for all of us coming from this side. He's one of us, so we'll, we'll think of him like that. If a hometown boy makes good, then he's uh, more special to us. But also practically special, Sanatana Prabhu says, because ah, these Vaikuntha people, they've never even been tested. They love the Lord, but their devotion has never undergone any test. So, it's a spiritual way of reasoning for encouraging all of us. He wanted to put Prahlad, and Bhagavatam wants to put Prahlad, and Sanatana Prabhu, the original commentator on Bhagavatam in our Sampradaya, wants to put Prahlad in the forefront. And our Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya wants to put Bhakti Prahlad in the forefront. So, they have, so for so much preaching about Prahlad and the Shinghalila, we find. And, and we find in Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya. And people say, well, uh, other sectors of Gaudiya Sampradaya, why all this emphasis on Prahlad, 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 Nasringa, Nasringa? This is not even Raghunuga Bhakti. They want to talk about so many higher things. That may have some value too, and it may be appropriate at times, but this must be emphasized. And, incidentally, who is the greatest speaker of Bhagavatam? Gadadhar Pandit. He gave Bhagavatam class to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard Bhagavatam from Gadadhar. And what did Gadadhar speak? Prahlad Leela, primarily. Prahlad Nusingalila. Dhruva. Is it recorded in Chaitanya Bhagavat? Other things also, no doubt, but our emphasis is not inappropriate. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur's emphasis is not inappropriate. Prahlad came from this side to Vaikuntha, as we are going from this side to Vaikuntha, and he came from such a low section of this side that he was the son of the biggest demon. How we should be encouraged by his example. Such a thing is possible for us. Forget the mercy of the Lord. We may think that Bali Maharaj, he's relative of Prahlad, that he was qualified in different ways for getting the mercy of Ramanabhutar, who lives as his doorkeeper in Sutala. Sutala Loka? Imagine that you, you, you have one of the incarnations of, of Krishna as your doorkeeper, opening the door for people. Very auspicious. How did Bali Maharaj get that position? Well, we know that Sukracharya, his guru, 
told him that he should not, uh, when Vaman appeared, don't give Vaman a, what did he say? Don't promise him anything. Don't, hmm? Don't offer him any charity. Oh yeah, Vaman was begging charity as a Brahmin. Uh, don't offer him any charity. He's Vishnu, enemy of the demons. And Bali Maharaj, of course, he didn't follow Shukracharya. He surrendered to, ostensibly, it appeared he surrendered to Vamana. Vamana put his foot on his head and he got the blessing. But Sanatha Goswami has said, actually, if you really want to analyze it closely, Bali Maharaj, he had no reason whatsoever to get the mercy of Vamana. No reason whatsoever. He disobeyed his guru. Offense number one. Offense number two, he created a whole imbalance in the whole universe by warring with the demigods and so forth. And, this, and, the, and the universal system where the devas prevail, that's the system of the Lord. They rule according to Shastra and so forth. So this was a great offense. He was asked charity by the Lord in the form of Vamana. Vamana asked only for three steps of land. He promised to give him whatever he asked. He couldn't give him three steps of land. With two steps, Vaman took over the whole upper and lower worlds. There was nothing left. So he promised to give him whatever he wanted, but he couldn't. So he broke his promise to the Lord. In this way, in so many ways, he was disqualified. What he did give the Lord was nothing, a pittance. So he said he has no qualification whatsoever to receive the mercy. So how did he get Vaman as his doorkeeper? Who can say? How did Valimarsh get Vaman Dev as his doorkeeper? By the grace of Prahlad. By the fact that Prahlad, who was his grandfather, was a devotee. Because Prahlad had become a devotee, and to the extent that he became a devotee, the mercy of Bhagwan extended to his relatives. If you want to get a relative of yours to think about Krishna, that may be hard, but, but what's speaking to get Krishna to think about some relative of yours? <laughs> You're going to get Krishna to think about your daughter or your son or your friend or someone like that. But if you become a true lover of Krishna, then automatically anyone connected with you, anyone you have sympathy for, affection for, for any reason, his sympathy goes to them automatically. This is just the very nature of love. Everyone has this experience. Even if someone can objectively be called this, that, and the other thing, but you have a certain relationship with them uh, through somebody else, and that person you like very much likes that person, and you, just, you can't hear the criticism that well. So the Lord acts in the same way. So Sanatana Goswami very uh, wonderfully concluded, it's only by the grace of Prahlad that Valimarsh got this extraordinary position. So in so many ways, Prahlad has been singled out for us to uh, emulate. He marks the, the standard of pure devotion, pure bhakti. Now there are gradations of pure bhakti, so he's the best, and then there's the best of the best, and the best, and the best, and the best of the best, and so forth. And we go to Brajalila and Gopis and so forth. But our charges have stressed the point, without crossing through Prahlad's position, we cannot enter there. And Prahlad exemplifies no 
material desire whatsoever. How was he tested? Bhagavan Nisringa, he tried again and again and again, Bhagavatam says, to offer him a benediction. And again and again and again, Prahlad refused. No, I won't take anything. No, I won't take Finally, Nisringa said, Look, I'm Bhagavan. I come, I give darshan. You ask. That's the system. I appear, I give my darshan. You ask now. Benediction. Take it. This is what I do. <laughs> this is what you... <laughs> he says... All right, if you were to force, you force me, then uh, I ask the benediction. You, know, you give devotion to my father also, other people. He didn't even ask for bhakti for himself. He asked for other people. So extraordinary. Such a, a wonderful example for us. And for those who want to ha- have some, as I say, some devotion for the Shringa, they shouldn't be thinking, yes, I'm a bhakti of the Shringa. I'll go and destroy all the the demons and chant his mantra and be a rowdy person, be a soft-hearted person like Prahlad and deal with all of the Narthas within your own heart. This is the idea. A godbrother of mine, he's a musician, famous musician, and he makes New Age music. His name is Prahlad. And some of you know him. He has uh, famous CDs with New Age music and he adds some Krishna conscious chanting to them sometimes. So he gave me some when he was here last and he asked me to listen to them. I was listening to one and it was a beautiful, uh, very soft and delicate, uh, soothing, you know, massage music, really just relaxing type music. Then in it came... Namaste, not a sing, Very, 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 very soft. And and at first I thought, hmm, that sounds like a little, uh, maybe Rasa Boss. It's in the Shringa Dave, and it's, he's talking to this fierce Leela when he comes and he rips apart. Then I immediately checked myself. It's actually quite, quite appropriate. This is a very soft Leela, actually. It's very, very soft, very, very tender. If you want to look at the heart of that. Siddharmaris once said that when he saw Bhakti Saraswati Thakur banging his fist and preaching uh, Krishna Bhakti, his face with, with some anger, his face blushing and turning red, he said, then I could understand the meaning of lotus face. Some anger properly reposed, anger at material misconception and determined to uproot it, and to give people the, what Mahaprabhu came to give, cannot tolerate that they get anything less. When the Shingadev, he came, you know the story, Hiranyakasipu had, who, who was one of the gatekeepers of Baikuntha, in one of his births as a demon, Hiranyakasipu, you can't get a demon like that unless he's uh, so powerful, unless he's somebody special. So he came, he did austerities, Penances, he meditated. It's a good example. Sometimes demons meditate also. They're not all saintly. He wanted immortality. It's the, one of the goals of meditation. He formed great austerities for that, such that he caused an imbalance in the universe. Brahma came down at the request of the demigods to resolve the situation. A mystic fire had come in his, and been emanated from his head, and the whole universe was being heated by that. Brahma came in with his water pot. He put out the fire. 
in his head and said, what do you want? Ask what you want, but stop what you're doing. So, Hiranyakashipu, Hiranyakashipu, soft bed it means, Hiranyakashipu, like sense gratification, enjoyment. He represents that. So, he's, anyway, he said, look, I want, uh, I want to become immortal. Brahma said, I'm not immortal, how can I make you immortal? He said, right, well, look, let's stop with this small talk. Do this. Make sure I don't, I'm not killed by the land or on the sea or in the air, not by any man or any beast, not by any weapon, not in the day, not in the night. This way he tried to cover all of his bases and beat the system. <laughs> this was the idea, to beat the system. Cheater. So Brahma gave every benediction. Okay, you have it, you have it, you have it. And of course then, Happy life he had, controlling so much in the whole universe. Practically he had achieved immortality, no fear. He got a son. His son was uh, opposed to him. Didn't save him from that problem. <laughs> he tried to instruct his son along his own way of thinking, but his son became a devotee by the grace of Narada, who sent his well-wishing to him while he was in the womb. Prahlad as you know, instructed the class, his classmates in bhakti during recess. Much to the dismay of his teachers who had answered to Hanyakasipu, Prahlad was asked by his father, So, my dear son, sit here on my lap. What is the best thing that you've learned in school? He said, Sravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Arjunam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam, Itipum, Sapito, Vishnu, Bhaktis Chenabalakshana Kriti Bhagavati Adha Tanmanye Ditam Uttamam. There's a little word in this verse that's very, very important. Adha. It says Shravanam. The best thing I learned was Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, all these ninefold expressions of bhakti. Hearing, chanting, remembering, offering prayers, and so forth. He said, these are the best instructions. One should do these things. Adha. Adha means completely. Fixed. Without doing anything else. With, it, with, with such concentration. It means in Sharanagati. Sharanagati is the stage on which the drama of bhakti is performed. Govindamash Pandit is saying, everything is in Prapanadivanamrita. Everything. Prapannadivanamitam is the book of Siddhar Maharaj, one of his original compositions. Prapannadivanamitam means the lives of the surrendered souls. Prapanna. Prapanna means uh, Sharanagati. So he's taken so many verses from so many places and categorized them, classified them in categories corresponding with the sixfold categories of Sharanagati. Anukulyasa sankalpa patikulyasa vajanam. Rakshachidivishvashpo guptevaranam tata. Atmanikshepakarpanye. He's saying that this is where, where Bhagavad Gita ends. Sharanagati. Surrendering. And do bhakti. So we do bhakti. We do chanting. We do hearing. We don't make progress. Because we don't do it like this is it. I'm doing it once and for all. For real. I really want Krishna and nothing else. You can see this is the key. When you do bhakti like this, then you have the, the stage in place, the drama will, will be performed, will enact itself. 
the whole drama of Krishna Leela will, will manifest through this kind of practices, hearing and chanting and so forth, to the extent to which it's performed with a background of Sharanagati, surrender. That's why we don't make progress. Prahlad had that kind of surrender, complete surrender. It means from surrender there's more to do, but without that, even do those things, it can help you to come to the point of surrendering. After all, you chant and chant, and then you think, why am I doing this? <laughs> when am I going to really do this? Enough of that, we have to go through that for a long time. After a while, you just get fed up with yourself. I don't do this, really. Sincerely, I want only this. Then so quickly you make progress, so happily. But Prahlad was so surrendered. Such opposition he faced, potentially by giving this answer to his father. He told him the fact. This is the best thing I've learned. Hiranyakashipu began to torture him in so many ways and abuse him to the point that Bhagwan Nishinga came to appear himself. You know the story. He said what? Oh, uh, so where is your God? Every effort he made to kill Perlad or to stop Perlad, he couldn't even kill him. He thought he was immortal, <laughs> but he couldn't kill Perlad. So he said, oh, where is your God? And Perlad said, Bahir Nasingho, Hridariya Nasingho. He's in my heart. He's outside my heart. Where is God not? Shudamarsh in his youth, he said that there was a, a relative of his that tried to preach to him. He said, look, if there's God, it's okay. It's okay to be religious, but he's far away. <laughs> you know how far the sun is? How long it takes to get there? God is there. I have no doubt. God is there. Yes, yes. God is there. But we're here now. We have to attend to what's here and what's now. First and foremost, we have our family, and there's the world, there's Gandhi's movement, all these things the British are opposing. And I don't say God is not there. It's all right to be religious. That's a good thing. But God is far away. We're here now. And he gave some scientific example, how far is the sun, how long it would take to get there, and so forth. Shudamar said, my answer to you is, is there anywhere God is not? You could not answer. Bahir nasringho, hudai nasringho. He's outside, he's inside, he's everywhere. Is he in that stone pillar? Shila Tankana Kalai. Is he in that Shila? Yeah. So then he broke the Shila and Bhagwan Nasing again. Not a man, not an animal, not in the day, not in the night, but at this time, dusk, in between, at the Sandhyam. He didn't kill him in the land, in the sea, in the air, but on his lap. Not with any weapon, but his nails. And with his nails, he pulled out his entrails. And he garlanded himself with those intestines. And we look at that and we go, oh my God. How does this go with that really nice New Age music I was talking about? <laughs> so soft and gentle. How does this, it's such a ghastly, the Prahlad is looking on just, and everyone in the whole universe is thinking, oh my God. <laughs> Narayan has lost it this time. Lakshmi, Garuda, never seen anything like this before. Whew. Maybe he's just gone <laughs> gone too far. What kind of form is this? What kind of rage is this? And Prahlad? Oh, just looking like so he's so beautiful. So charming. All those intestines, they represent all the unwanted things. Anarthas. He just takes them out. Rips them out. <laughs> that makes your heart beautiful qualified for bhakti. 
Then Prahlad saw that, pushed forward by Brahma. He didn't even push himself forward. He wanted to stay in the background. Brahma pushed him forward. You, you try to do something to pacify him. And they became like a little kitten. Half man, half man. became like a little kitten, purring in the company of Prahlad, patting him on the head. Of course, he asked him for, to take benediction, as I mentioned. He took Prahlad on his lap. We want this kind of embrace. And to do that, this one word, adha, we have to think in the context of Navalakshan Bhakti, which we should be engaged in, hearing, chanting, remembering, has to be performed on the stage of surrender. Then all wealth will come. The Prahlad Maharaj is so important to us, set such an ideal example of devotion, that our charges have singled him out amongst all devotees as the, the uh, paradigmatic person for basic idea of real bhakti. Within that, then, we may go so high. To Vaikuntha, Ayudhya, Dwarka, Golok, Prajalila. But first we have to understand what it means to be a bhakta. So Krishna was actually the, the Istadevata of, of Prahlad. And Krishna appeared at Nisringa, who's a Sadaishvarya manifestation of the Lord. He has all six opulences, like Ram, like Krishna. So in such a prominent way, Krishna appeared to teach us what is the nature of real devotion. Unless you can digest this, Bhakti Balab she made a nice statement that he has a small book that lectures on, on Prahlad Nasinghalila. He made a statement that many people say that, oh, we heard that Leela so many times about Nishringadeva and Prahlad. We've heard that so many times. Let's hear something, something sweeter, some intimately love Radha and Krishna. So many times we heard that. He said, whoever says that has never heard once. Prahlad Nishringadeva. It is so sweet. It's the basis of sweetness. It's going to get sweet, sweet, sweeter, from, but it has to start there. So you have to make your life sweet and pure. And dear yourself to the Lord. We have to do that. And half the equation is removing the anarthas. The other half is artha pravriti. As much as artha pravriti, positive culture of our ideal is in place, then this retires unwanted things. Make a balance. It's not only an artha nivriti, artha pravriti, what can be attained, what type of bhakti can be attained. That is also important for us to know theoretically. Where our sampradaya is going? Where is it taking us? And therefore, what place Nishingadev has, this avatar, that avatar, and so forth, to make sense out of the whole of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's all saying one thing, Srimad Bhagavatam. Even through the mouth of Hiranyakashipu, the same message is coming. Go to Golok. So, Bhakti Prahlad Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Bhignaminasana Nansinghadev ki jai, Shri Bhagavan Nansinghavir Bhavamu Svatiti ki jai. Oh, Premanandi! Oh,